Imagine knowing exactly what your students are learning and exactly which steps you need to take next. Join us in Down With The Reading Quiz to craft meaningful and productive formative assessments that move away from gotcha moments of basic recall and toward assessing what your students actually can do. In this 30-minute free masterclass, we'll share three powerful assessment keys that work for any novel at any time of the year. Head to shop.bravenewteaching.com slash masterclass to sign up, and we'll also send you a free workbook to keep track of all your notes. Once again, that's shop.bravenewteaching.com slash masterclass to nail formative assessments forever. Hey, Amanda. Hey, Marie. What are you up to later? Want to join me for happy hour? I'm all in. And guess what's amazing? Our listeners and friends of the podcast can also join us because Brave New Teaching Happy Hour has officially launched. Cheers. Cheers, everyone. We are officially hanging out a little bit longer after school with an extended extra private podcast feed just for you. Yes. Members of Happy Hour get extra 15 minutes of the podcast, give or take, because you know us, we run a little bit long. It's just kind of how we are. But if you would like to get in on this Happy Hour action, please join us. It is only $5 a month. Head to curriculumrehab.com slash happy hour and get yourself signed up because when you're there, Amanda, tell our friends what we do every month for our Happy Hour members. I think my favorite part is coming up with a new free resource for our listeners every month. And then we pretty much break down that resource and how to use it. We also like to have guests on to do extended episodes and even Q&A that's just for you about that resource. It's really exclusive and super private just for you. So if you are like us and you like hanging out, you like chit-chatting about all things that are teaching, teacher life, and everything under that umbrella, join us for happy hour and we will see you there. Bye. Bye. Well, hello and welcome back to Brave New Teaching. Friends, we are talking more today about, well, one of our favorite activities ever and it's reading and it's just reading books and books and reading all the time. Hi, Amanda. Hey, Marie. How are you today? I'm doing quite well. Thank you. And yourself? I'm good. I'm still freezing, but you know what? We're That's getting- okay. Yeah. I like like that we're acting like we haven't been talking all day long. <laughs> Like we haven't been talking all morning before recording, but that's okay. You all know better. <laughs> I am cold, like from December 1st through like April 30th, <laughs> just cold. So Amanda likes to say these things like I could never live in California because of earthquakes. Is that what I sound like? I don't, well, I don't know your impression is. Up no, listen, I am a trained actor with a master's degree in theater. So why don't, why don't you just stay in your lane? Um, no, I'm really hoping that <laughs> of me is not accurate. It's not, it's a little bit of a caricature, just like a little bit. <laughs> no, but she likes to talk about listeners, friends, Amanda likes to be like, how do you live? And I'm like, how do you live there? I just different, different, uh, people, man, we are so alike. And then we're so different. Well, and it's funny because like I feel stuck. Like if it was up to me, I'd live somewhere new every month. I'd be on the run. Like I would, I would love to be more nomadic in my life if I could be. But again, a big difference between the two of us. Correct. <laughs> Correct. I yeah, I get I get bored very easily. But that is not well, could this be a segue into independent reading? A little bit. I mean, you got the independence. Yeah, no, it is. I mean, because it's about like doing what you feel in the moment. 
and like honoring your independent reading journey. Like for me, like, I think one of the things I learned along the road, when we start talking about independent reading is I remember the first time I learned that kids could abandon a book. And I thought, how come a teacher never told me that? Like for my entire like life, I felt like if I started something, like I was going to be yeah. smitten by the lightning gods above if I didn't finish that thing. And abandoning a book just was like a revolutionary concept to me in the time that I learned it as an adult. Well, yeah. Or that like you could do so without guilt. Yeah, totally. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. So today we are going to build off of last week's episode. So if you missed last week's episode where Amanda interviewed Jolene from Remind Me of Their Handle. I always uh, mix choice, it up. Choice, voice, teach. I always mix up the three words. Choice, voice, teach from a duo. She and her partner, Stephanie, have written a book. They do a whole thing on reading workshops. If you missed that, make sure that you check out last week's episode. And we are going to dive into a little bit more of just like what independent choice reading looks like in our classrooms, how that differs from what you've heard us talk about before with like choice reading units and choice text, that sort of a thing, because there's a little bit of a caveat, a little bit of a difference here. And I'm excited to even try out some of the stuff that we're talking about today as I start a new term with my students. So I think that this, this episode should hopefully for our listeners help you kind of compartmentalize the choices that you have when designing units, when creating reading programs, and really just having a clear, more clear vision about what units are supposed to do on their own and then what independent reading does on its own. So that's where we're going to try to take you today. Absolutely. And do you know what it's time for? It's time to cue the music. All right. You're listening to Brave New Teaching, and we are so much more than a podcast. We give teachers the inspiration, support, and tools to challenge the status quo. I'm Amanda, and I'm a former English teacher from Illinois. And I'm Marie, and I'm a teacher from Southern California. Join us at bravenewteaching.com to find out more about our courses, festivals, and get every episode's show notes. We're so glad you're here. Enjoy the show. So let's start with a couple of definitions, shall we? We like, you know, as as good uh, classroom teachers, we like a couple of definitions to frame the conversation, if you will. So when I think of choice reading, the way I have talked about it for the past, I don't know how many years, 10 years, five, 10 years, it is most of the time I am talking about an organized unit where everybody is reading, maybe everybody's reading something different, or there are between four to 10, depending on who I'm teaching and what I'm teaching, choices, finite choices that students have been given. And this is our main text of study. Like this is the focus. This is the thing we are doing for whatever that unit is. What we are actually talking about today is what I think most of us would think of as independent reading Mm -hmm. and a way of framing independent reading. Like I said, in the intro that we talked about last week, or Amanda talked about with Jolene last week in that interview, it's students having freedom to choose what it is that they want to read. Maybe there are some parameters, but like probably not a lot more choice. Amanda's nodding at me. So I'm getting this right. I feel really good when I get things right. Independent choice, big open space. And then going from there, I lost my train of thought. Your turn. (laughs) I was nodding too aggressively. You were. It was really distracting. 
I'm, I'm really sorry. I'm, I'm having a good hair day. So I like watching my hair go up and it's shining. Um, okay. So yes, you are spot on. That's exactly what we're talking about today is the independent reading. If we, if you kind of visualize your year, you have units that make up the pieces, right? Those are the little pieces that are on our roadmap, I guess is our better way of describing it, right? So in a roadmap, you have all these destinations. Destinations are our units. Independent reading is kind of just like the journey from beginning to end. It's always with you. It's and- like a it's like a playlist that you built for the trip. The long road trip. I love that. That's a cool Okay. Metaphor. Okay. I was I like, does that. that work or am I completely insane? Yes. And so <laughs> we're here to be completely and totally open, honest, and vulnerable. I have never in 13 years done independent reading consistently and in a way that I really felt good about, except for when I was teaching like an ESL exit program and it went really well with them. Otherwise I have always struggled to balance unit based, right. Instruction. And then also maintaining on top of that, an independent reading track where kids are going to the library, having independent reading time, they're Mm -hmm. tracking their minutes or they're doing whatever they're doing. Maybe they're doing nothing. Um, And that's, I think what was so, why I was so compelled to talk to Jolene about her program and what she does at her school, because I don't feel like I ever did it well. Same. And I have a few colleagues like at my school, my friends who have done brilliant independent reading. And when we went from a semester schedule, which we had done forever to a quarter system and literally cut our days in half, they were still able to maintain that. And like when we did that, I was like, well, if I couldn't do independent reading where we had, you know, 18 weeks per semester, how the hell am I going to do it with nine weeks and a quarter? Like, I can't even keep track of that. And I've always had these like tinges of like, or twinges, I guess is what I'm trying to say, of jealousy. Cause it's like, oh, like that is a culture of readers. Like that is establishing such, such amazing like values in the classroom yeah. about reading and about what it is to be a reader. And I've always wanted to have that. And I just haven't quite been able to figure it out. What I heard you just say about how the one time that you were able to successfully do, like, I think I've had blips, but like it was the yes. longevity, right? The consistency. Yes. You said that it worked the best when you had it with exiting English language learners. And that's because you had a reason. You had a very focused, specific reason for why they were reading what they were reading. And that's how you and I work. If we don't have a focused objective or reason that's articulated that we understand, we have a really hard time as teachers keeping up, basically, and like keeping focus. If we don't know why we're doing it, it's going to be gone. Yeah. Well, and if, and if you, if you are listening and you've been part of curriculum rehab, you also might, there's also like this style difference too, I think. Yes. So for, for me, maintain the kinds of units that we write in curriculum rehab, plus another track on top of that, of independent reading is too much for me. Like I can't, I can't do that well. So I don't force it because I know that if I'm not doing it well, the kids won't be getting as much out of it as they should be. So like, you might understand that if you've been to curriculum rehab, when you look at a unit, the way that we design them and the way that we design them with supplementals and so many things are going on besides the book itself. Yeah. There's not yeah. a lot of extra time. Yeah. 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 The energy is not there for me to do the other things, which, okay. So again, like, let's take a quick pause. 
we don't all have to be all these things for our kids. Like that is why kids go through four years of English with four different teachers. And this is the same with other subject areas too. And we're talking about reading today, but it's okay to say my strong point is not this thing. And I'm going to go learn. And so, so this is what I learned from Jolene is like, I love this idea of what she came up with and what we talked about last week. So make sure that you've listened to it because it doesn't require a lot of maintenance. It doesn't require any kind of like reading logs or tracking. It's just checking in authentic community once a month, once a quarter, and just having conversations. I am hello all about that. Well, and I feel like too, if you're like Marie and Amanda and you're kind of like, I just don't know how I can organize one more thing. Like, I don't, I don't think that I'd be able to keep up on one more track as Amanda put it on top of the very layered and nuanced units that I'm already teaching. Then maybe it's, you give a bunch of like small texts, you know what I mean? Like it doesn't have to be big novels. Like it can be articles. It, it, you can, you can just have a moment and say, Hey, later this week, we're going to have a check-in. We're going to have a conversation, like whatever you want to call it, a round table. We're going to have small groups. So read something, current event, read something like the way that I really took last week's episode in your conversation and like kept mulling it through is that it's just more of the opportunity to be able to give students different perspectives, which is yeah. always good. And it doesn't always I hear myself, Amanda and I in curriculum rehab, we teach everything can connect. Everything is like on one big trajectory and they're all little pieces. Doesn't all have to be every single time part of that big trajectory. Sometimes it can just be a one-off, like live in a vacuum day conversation where you talk about something that everybody has read, or you talk, everybody talks about something different that they have read and they just hear different voices. And maybe it's somebody from outside of the classroom, or maybe it's just a new mix of kids in the classroom. And it livens stuff up so that then when you get back into your very nuanced and layered, everything connects track, you're refreshed because, you know, so like there's just so many different benefits. And again, we say this all the time. It just depends on why you're doing anything. So if it's independent reading and everybody's going to be reading novels or everybody's going to be reading fiction, then figure out why. Uh, you know, or if it's whatever, if it's a one-off, like everybody read an article about whales. I don't know. I'm just either the place or the animal. I don't, maybe that, maybe that's the choice. Well, I think, I think so too. And I I think, you know, really, so if you're kind of in this position where you're listening and you're like, okay, I liked the interview from last week, but I feel like Amanda and Marie, which is stressed out, confused, and not really sure what to do with it. This is what I kind of mold over like the the winter break. Cause I met up with Jolene, like right before winter break. Mm -hmm. And I thought about this for a while. So I thought, okay, I'm not in the classroom right now, but if I went back into the classroom, I do see incredible value in maintaining an independent reading level or track in my classroom, but in a way that's like, kind of like you're saying, Marie, like this, it's authentic. It's mostly hands-off from the teacher's point of view and it's geared toward community building. So this is what I would do. I would probably spend like a concentrated amount of time. So maybe one or two days to do book talking and getting books in hands, right? Book talks and getting books in hands and getting started. I then would try to build in like time during the week, whatever it is, like picking a day or a class period that gets independent reading time and like setting a limit on it. Maybe it's 15 minutes, whatever that might be. And Jolene shared some of her ideas too last time. But so maybe my Thursdays are going to be 15 minutes of independent reading time and that's it. Like, I'm not going to talk about it. I'm not going to, you know, make, you know, do anything where the kids have to turn something in, we're just going to turn off and we're going to read the independent reading book. That's something that I'm not in control of. 
And then once a quarter, we're going to get together and we're going to talk to our, our small groups, our community, the people who come in, and we're going to talk about what we're reading independently. And if kids only read for those 15 minutes once a once a week for the whole quarter and they only got halfway through, then they, all, they only talk about the half the book that they read. And it's no pressure. It's not a big deal. And then the cool thing about that conversation, because I was in some of them, was that they're going to veer off into current events. They're going to veer off into a Netflix show that kids saw. They're going to veer off into right, the novels that we did do as a whole class. And that what really the result becomes is opportunity, for independent reading and opportunity for conversation around like real world. I'm reading on my own, these things with other adults and other students. And that's great. And that's about as low maintenance as it needs to be for me for it to work. And then we're doing it four times because I'm, I'm, we'll do a quarterly once a quarter, four times. That is not extra. That is something that I can balance and blend in nicely. And I think I think a lot of people out there could swallow that who couldn't swallow other kinds of programs. Well, and that's the thing, right? It's the, it's the energy. I mean, it's all the things that we've already said. It's the energy that goes into it. It's the organization and the tracking and the, all of the stuff when it needs to not be on the teacher. It needs to be on the student to do whatever it is. And that's where no pressure comes in. And that's where giving them some time within the school day And if a kid gets to a conversation, let's say, okay, you're looking at a week and you're going to have, like you were talking about last week, you're going to have a, you know, a couple of guests come in to run groups on Friday. And like you just said, Thursday, you're going to give 15 minutes. Well, then that kid has 15 minutes worth of content downloaded into their head that they can bring to the conversation from the get-go. Because at that point, it's less about reading and it's more about critical thinking, making connections, and having a conversation. It's listening and speaking skills, which we are all about. Hello, friends. Please excuse the interruption of this episode. We wanted to let you know about something very, very exciting coming to you from Brave New Teaching. This is fireworks and confetti. Do you hear it? We are so freaking pumped to bring you the Shakespeare Teacher Festival again. Round two, we are bringing to you an entirely new modern take on Shakespeare in the classroom. So if you joined us last year, that's awesome. But this year, everything is brand new. Absolutely. Last year was Basics with the Bard, and this year's Shakespeare Teacher Festival is Shakespeare in the Modern Classroom with your modern students and exactly how to frame that, what we do. We're going to dive into some specific plays, a little bit deeper of a look at some of the most commonly taught plays, Hem, Romeo and Juliet. Let's frame that differently. And we can't wait to get started. So make sure that you head to the show notes or just go to bravenewteaching.com to get yourself registered. Make sure you bring in a couple of friends with you. It's going to be a good time. All right, let's get back into the show. So, okay, let's talk through somebody in my position with finite. I mean, everybody's got finite time, but I have extremely pressed time. Um, and I have 41 and 42 kids in my classes. Like, let's just think through how this could look. And at the very least, basically, let's plan it for me for the spring. Do you, <laughs> do you like how I snuck that in there? <laughs> okay, so you need to help me, though. But like, how, okay. is, how is your situation different from what I just described in terms of that layout? Well, part, I mean, part of the logistics is we would have to find more physical space for people to go to because 
you're only going to fit so many humans. Like I already have, including me, 43 ki- people in the room and it's not a very big room. Yeah. So like once everybody gets talking, you can't hear anything. And also yeah. like, it's so crowded. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. and what kind of a conversation are you really going to have when you've got two feet away, a whole nother group talking, like it's hard to pay attention. It's hard to share. It's all of those things. So I'm just thinking through the checklist, right? Like, okay, let's say, okay. So wait, hold on, but hold on, hold on, hold on. The cynical, the cynical part of me is like, yes. That's why you need to have four admin in your room for that day so that they can experience what that's like. Okay. Just, just kidding. No I can com- say it. No I comment. It. You don't have to say anything, but I think you I mean, should invite the superintendent. I was just going to say, I think I should have board principal. members in the room to <laughs> feel what that is like. Members, and you should I know. I, well, here's the thing. Let's, let's be honest with ourselves. Everybody can hear everyone in education until the cows come home. What we really need is voters in the room. <laughs> We need community members. We need like very vocal parents yeah. to feel what that's like. So that, that, cause we all know like community works when the voices are heard. Okay. So okay, back but, to the planet, but your meeting definitely starts all together in one room. And then yes, you guys have to disperse. Yeah. I'm even going, okay, let's be good teachers. We'll start at the end point and move our way backwards. Yeah. So if I know that I want to have this four times in a course, that's twice a quarter. For you. Yeah. For it's me. so confusing, but yes. Yeah. I know. I know. Well, just cause I feel like if I only do it once a quarter, the kids are like, what? Yeah. Right. Right. Like, it's just like, huh? You could also do it monthly. If monthly makes more sense. <laughs> to you, like, no, that's what Julian said. Yeah. yeah. That doesn't work for me. Um, that doesn't, that doesn't work for me at all. Not with graduating seniors. We got to get done. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> so if I do, you know, like every four weeks, roughly speaking, I have, probably on a Friday, just because that feels like a fun day to do it. And I'm going to give, like you said, maybe a couple, maybe two opportunities the week leading up, or maybe once a week, we're always doing independent reading and we just always kind of have it with us. We're ready to go. Yep. If I have 41 in a class, let's say that I want groups of five. Like I'm just trying to think through how many other adults I'm going to need. Honestly, I would start I would start this off because pulling in community members sounds extremely overwhelming to me. That was part of what like started my heart palpitating. I would start with just teachers on their prep periods and librarian. Yes. Yes. Like our librarian, Um, our library tech, because those are two different people and they're both amazing at my school. Um, I would ask admin. I would ask other teachers on their prep periods. I would ask coaches. I would ask IAs. I would start with in-house And then when you kind of think COVID stuff, that simplifies things as well. I would start in-house and I would find at least one more room that I could use. Yes. Okay. You should also think about, I don't know if it's available depending on, I know the season, but if your auditorium stage is free, that's a great place. I've taken my kids to the stage and they'll spread out in groups on the stage and then they can't really hear each other too much or it's like a comfortable. Yeah. Well, yeah. And that's, I mean, that's. I used to, that used to be my classroom. Uh, I kind of miss it. That makes me a little sad. No, that is a really good idea. Or like we have, well, the gym would be used on our stage is normally used for our theater classes, but yeah, you're right. Like, I mean, even just, even just another classroom. Like if I have a teacher who's on their prep period, who's going to be joining us, then this can happen in their classroom as well. Right. right? So you got, you got it. That's exactly what you need to do. Yes. Okay. So then that's what the actual day of four times over 18 weeks looks like, or let's just take a quarter over nine weeks, two times. Yep. Then moving backwards, 
building in time along the way for students to read, making it part of our routine weekly, Mm biweekly, something like that. Then moving backwards, it's actually getting books and other materials in hands. So what you said about taking the time to book talk and letting students truly like choose is something that I am always, always rushing, rushing. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's it. Okay. I feel a lot better. I mean, hopefully the whole point also of going through that is so that our teacher friends who are listening can be like, this sounds great. This sounds great. I don't know. I don't know. This might just be though, the little refresher that we all need, especially this year to help us get our heads above water. Because the way I also see it is like, I'm not going to be sitting down and grading during that time. I'm not like, while they're having conversations, I'm not going to be sitting down and prepping a whole bunch of stuff during that time, but I might just be able to not be on. Like I might just have a day where I'm not on and I get to enjoy my students and I get to float around from group to group. And so, and that's hard for me, especially to like when students are doing independent reading, whether it's part of like what we're doing as a full class or whatever, everything in me wants to prep and like grade and get stuff done, but you got to just like be there in the moment. And so, yeah, so I'm seeing this as a really good opportunity for that. I'm seeing this as a way to just have something a few times within the course that's like new and fresh and different where I can be off and relax a little bit and enjoy students differently. And okay, I'm coming around and I think I'm going to try it. And, and the kids get to see you doing that too. Like they get permission to be right. off and really like, as much as I love things that I've heard before about independent reading, I think there's a reason that they've never worked for me. Yeah. There's a reason that I've never like the pressure of trying to do reading conferences with, you know, at the high, and this is, we're really talking about the high school level here. If sure. those people are teaching younger grade levels and are teaching readers at a different stage in their reading journey. I think this conversation is very, very different at the high school level, it's just, it's just always been for me, like pulling teeth. And I think what's so nice about this is it's just authentic conversation. I mean, and the prep that Jolene has them do for that day is the night before, or a couple of days before they're going to write a little something, which we talked about in the interview. So if you're just listening now, I'm just giving you a little, a little pick me up, but they're going to walk into this day, right Their their workshop day with a little bit written. So they're all going to have something with them in their meetings. That's and that cuts down. Sorry, that cuts down the anxiety, just like we talked about in our discussion series, right. Of having students prep, like it cuts down on so many troubleshooting sorts of things. Okay. Sorry. Keep going. Yeah. No, no. So so they have that to lean on. The conversation is going to be run by an adult. So they don't need to worry about like, you know, in Socratic seminar and our great discussions, like we really want kids to be the ones leading, leading, leading. And that's awesome when like, that's the goal, but here the pressure's off of them. They just get to participate and be along for the ride. And then the other backbone that struck that helps them is that they've also got whatever other thing you're doing in class is going to connect to the skill, right? And that's going to be part of the conversation, not to mention pop culture, current events. So like, even if their independent reading book is falling off and it's just not the season for them, it's okay because there's a lot of other things to talk about and it's going to be fine. And they could just be people. Yeah. People. They can just be people for a little bit. And I love that. Yeah. My favorite hack is, so you should look at your calendar, Marie. She, instead of doing, um, I forgot to say this earlier when we were planning your calendar, Delene started this year. She plans her workshop days for like the last day before a break. So like you should do it like the day before spring break. Yeah. The day before, you know, like the, the day leading into like time off or like some the, use those long that's weekend. Super smart. I forgot about that part too. Yes. That's super smart. Cause it doesn't matter if it's four weeks 
or six weeks or seven weeks. No, who or cares? Yeah. Or like no one cares. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. And they're in a different group every time anyway. So who cares? And the amount of time in between doesn't really matter. And then nerds like me who read a book a week are right. going to be able to just have something new to talk about every time. No, it's awesome. I love it. I'm super excited and I can't wait to report back on how it goes because we've just planned out one of my fun, you know, I've just like this year understatement of the century. This year has been really hard and it's not even February. (laughs) Actually, at the time that this episode comes out, is it late January? I'm like, not even looking. Yes. It's almost February. So it's 2022 has been a long year guys. And, uh, well, we, I'm going to take it from you, Marie, and just remind everyone, we would love, love, love to see you guys support Jolene and Stephanie's work. We're going to link their book in our show notes. We would love for you guys to check it out, support them. Um, there's nothing cooler than buying a PD book from people, you know, I totally. am not kidding you. I had Jolene sign mine. It was so awesome. Ooh, you get, we, we have her sign one for me too. Yeah. Next time we get I'll together. Just have multiple copies. That'll be fine. <laughs> So I have mine signed and um, Jolene is they're amazing. So you just, you guys can also, I'm sure check in with them on Instagram at choice voice teach, and they'll be happy to answer questions for you and talk about, you know, we talked a little bit in the interview too, about the book writing process. If you want to get into writing a book of your own um, and just teach your professional development in general. So definitely, definitely two amazing inspirational women. Thank you to both of you yes. for sharing your brilliance with us and sharing your ideas and being so articulate and passionate about this because I needed you for that girls. I needed you for that. Well, and I'm hoping that like selfishly for me, this is going to be a thing that is low energy, low prep, high impact in my classroom. And that gives me not the like break, break, like I was saying, like a, a, just a moment to just kind of be there and feel a part of something that I didn't have to totally create from scratch. So like I said, I will keep you all updated. Make sure you are following Brave New Teaching on Instagram because we will keep the updates there. And if you try this, any iteration thereof, tag us. Let us know. We love to share and reshare what you all out there in the Brave New Teaching community are doing. Yeah. Yeah. And if you need an intro, you need me to you know introduce you to jo- Jolene and take you over to her house and get your signature. I mean, next time you're in Chicago, we'll hook it up. We'll all go out for a coffee or something else. If you want Jolene's listening, going, Oh, that's yeah. a big ask. Oh, yeah. all right. So okay. Ready. I know she's down for it. She's <laughs> totally down for it. She's so fun. Oh, you're silly. Well, friends, one more thing. If you do have a moment to leave us a rating and review on iTunes, it helps other teachers out there find the Brave New Teaching community and just join us and we can help each other work smarter, not harder. You know what I'm saying? I do know what you're saying. All right, everybody. Thank you again for joining us today and we will see you next time. Bye. Thanks again for listening to Brave New Teaching. We'd love to keep the conversation going over on Instagram. And while you're there, check out the links in our bio for the most up-to-date events going on in the Brave New Teaching community. Thanks for being here and have a great week at school. 